This is a production from the Yak Podcasting Network. The home for your growing sonic map of local voices united in their commitment to the best in podcasting. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Felt, brought to you by Texas Cardhouse. My name is Ryan Crow, and I'm here uh, along with Bill Hewer and Sam Von Kennel. Uh, how's everybody doing today? Doing awesome, Ryan. Uh, it's a great day in Houston today. How are you doing? Uh, it's sweltering hot in here in Austin. Uh, Sam, I, we're actually recording this episode a little bit early, so Sam's still up in Choctaw. Uh, how are things going up there? Oh, so far, just a couple of small small cash. There's nothing worth reporting home about, but uh, we are gearing up for the main event. Uh, today and tomorrow is Seniors Day and Ladies Day, so I can't qualify for either one of those. So we're going to kick back, have a couple drinks, and gear up for the main event here on Friday. Very cool. And for those of you listening, we're actually recording this podcast a little bit early. I'm actually going out of town to Mexico next week uh, when this podcast will be going out. So um, Sam is still up in Choctaw, which you probably heard him there on the last episode. Um, A couple of things I want to get out there. Uh, We have a lot of really exciting visitors coming to the Texas Card House over the next month or two. So I want to kind of uh, give a shout out to that. Uh, Chris Moneymaker is actually going to be in Houston August 6th, 7th, and 8th. So anyone that wants to get out there and play with him, uh, come on out to uh, Texas Card House in spring. He'll also be in Austin on September 12th, 13th, and 14th. So really excited about having uh, having him back in town. Uh, and probably if I'm wrong, didn't he make a little bit of a run in this last WSOP? He had a, he had a good, good score. He had a couple of caches along the way. Yeah, he was definitely on TV. That's, that's for sure. And of course, now he's in the uh, the Hall of Fame too. So he just got inducted in. So congrats to him on that. Uh, very exciting. Uh, in addition to that, we also have Greg Raymer coming in. So uh, he'll be in Houston uh, for the Social Car Clubs of Texas $200,000 guarantee that'll be going on in September. Uh, he'll be here for the uh, day one and day twos. Hopefully he'll be, uh, hopefully he runs well on that uh, on the 28th and 29th of September. What flights are he, is he playing in, Ryan? Is he playing in the Houston flights or the San Antonio? I know we've got four or five cities that are going to be on the list for that one. Yeah, so he's going to be playing on the final weekend on the uh, in the in Houston. So he'll be in Houston uh, for the day ones, and then if he makes the day two, of course, he'll be there for that as well. Uh, and shortly after that, October 2nd and 3rd, we've got Brad Owen and Andrew Nimi coming into town. So we'll have them in Houston on October 2nd and 3rd. Um, all of these guys we hope to have on our podcast. I think, I think we've gotten confirmation from all of them, except for maybe Greg, that we will have them on. Uh, so looking forward to talking to Chris about, uh, you know, that fateful bay was that back in 2003. Uh, and, and then, of course, uh, how he's been doing since then. And then um, really excited to have him in town. And I think the, the players in Houston will enjoy having him around as well as Austin. Uh, and, of course, Brad, uh, Andrew, and Greg. That'll be a, a pretty good lineup for the next two months. So really excited about that. That's an incredible lineup. I'm definitely looking forward to playing uh, with all those guys. Yeah, I played with them in Austin, and the action was wild. And I can only imagine what it's going to be like in Houston because uh, all the Houston players like to like to brag that it's a little bit bigger in Houston than in Austin. So I think that's going to be a real treat. Well, they'll have a chance to show off here. Hopefully we get some of those big games going. So uh, really excited about that. All right. Well, I think today we actually want to kind of continue with what we discussed in the previous podcast, kind of continuing on from May Day, or for those of you who aren't aware, that's the day that um, several clubs in Houston were raided uh, by the Houston, you know, PD or Vice, uh, et cetera. And we really want to talk about the fact that the charges from all of those essentially have been dropped at this stage. And what we'd like to dive into is kind of like what led to that. And 
fortunately for our listeners, we kind of have, uh, you know, we're going to get to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Bill Hewer, who is, who is one of those, one of the lucky few who were to be, uh, take part in those raids, uh, is, is going to give us a little bit of an inside peek into what happened uh, throughout the course, like essentially from the day they were raided through the charges being dropped and kind of what's happened since then. So really excited to, 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 to allow you guys to hear this story. I think it's pretty juicy uh, from my end. So uh, I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm really excited to hear this. Yeah, this this ought to be interesting. So, so Bill, let's let's go back just a little bit and just so we talked about the raids themselves uh, in last week's podcast, uh, and we kind of talked about the effect that it had on the state of Texas. L- let's start with like, okay, you, you've you've gotten out, you bonded out, um, it's all over the news, and now you've got to find an attorney. Boom! What 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 happens then? So, the attorney selection was a no-brainer. Uh, Chip Lewis is the absolute best attorney in this field, and uh, he was my first call. Uh, great guy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's definitely helped us get through this and uh, got us to where we are today. So that you know, that's your first call. And obviously, after that, you got to call your friends, your family, and explain to them that you know what the real story is. Now, I've probably told this story over a thousand times. And every time I tell it, I still can't believe it's happening. Uh, I, I even listened to myself telling it, thinking that this, you couldn't make this stuff up. It, it's all, it's so far fetched. How can it be real? But it's, 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 but it's real, even though it sounds very far fetched. Is, is this, this the, uh, the next Molly's game? I, I think this story might even trump Molly's game. <laughs> well, we'll see. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's tell it. So, you know, what had happened is is we're basically being told that money laundering, first degree, organized crime, that the money that we were making was made illegally. On our side of the fence, we're going like, you know, we were basically given permission, green light, if you will, told that there's even a permit coming uh, and, you know, be patient and you'll, 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 you're in line for a permit. Wait, just to clarify, so so you had spoken to someone who had actually told you that there's a permit coming that's going to allow you to operate. Correct. There was somebody okay. at the DA's office that was handling uh, this whole permitting process. And when we were told about it, uh, we were told about it by a different individual who basically said, you know, it's, it's, this is how it's going to work. It's going to take a little money to get the ball rolling. Uh, but, you know, be patient and it'll happen. Well, after we paid uh, some money to this individual, uh, I started questioning things. Because it just didn't feel right. Nothing that was being said was being followed through on. And in my mind, you know, I'm kind of looking at this permitting process as something like a TABC would permit someone for alcohol that you'd have to fill out an application. You'd, there would be a, you know, a check written to the city. But none of that was you know, coming up. And, and I basically said to one of my business partners, I said, you know, none of this feels right. And he said, you know, if it it doesn't feel right to you, then it doesn't feel right to me. And maybe we should just, you know, tell this individual to take a hike. And if there is a permitting process, you know, we'll we'll take our chances on on doing it a different way, but but not not letting this guy try to lead us down that path. So so just to be clear, let me ask a a question that I think a lot of people are going to have. So you said you you did pay him some money or did he just ask for some money? No, we did pay him some money. Okay. And and, and when you say you paid him, like he's saying, hey, you – you pay me and I go get this permit, right? This isn't like a, it's not a bribe, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're like paying a fee for something. Yeah. We were paying for his services. Basically he was the, the, the attache to whoever was in the DA's office that 
was going to be taking care of this permitting process. So we had to hire him and it cost, you know, X number of dollars to get that ball rolling. And so we thought, okay, this, this sounds good. But then it just didn't feel right. I didn't, I didn't get a, I, you know, I didn't get a sense from what my business partners were telling me about his meetings with this guy. Uh, I didn't feel like things were going the way they should in a normal permitting process. You know, the health permit, uh, the fire permit, all, all these other permits, you know, they had a step-by-step process. This didn't match any of those. So it just didn't make sense to me. So, you know, the day before we were supposed to hand this guy a, a really big check, um, we basically said, you know, we're, we're not going to do it. Something doesn't feel right. We're going to go a different direction. And so we didn't. And uh, it wasn't until we were locked up with uh, Dean Maddox and his guys that we found out that the person who was asking us for money was the same person who had asked him for money. But this person actually got a ton of money out of him to go after this false permit, as we later found out wasn't true. And when Prime stopped paying this money to this guy, that's when, quote unquote, something bad would happen. And uh, that something bad translated to May 1st. So, wow. So, so you ever told in the, in the deal, like the city of Houston has like, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call them slot machines. And, and they run in gas stations and little game rooms and they have a game room license already in the city of Houston. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, there's nothing about poker or social poker clubs or country clubs. There's no license that that exists around our type of model. And so when he's asking you or telling you what he can do, is he telling you he's going to create some poker license or is he telling you that there's something that already exists? No, he's saying this is going to be created, that this is uh, brand new. Um, there, there's not a governing body yet, but they're going to make one. And, you know, he's, he's basically setting it up like it's coming. They're only going to hand out so many. And if you want to get one, this is what you got to do. You got to pay to play. And kind of like the idea of the strip clubs. I mean, that there are only so many that can be there and that's the number. And, and if you got the license or got the bid to do it, you were in. And, and so that was kind of the idea he was, he was maybe selling that it would be something like that. Precisely. Like you know, a number get grandfathered in and that's it. Precisely. I mean, in my background, in my business of lobbying, I don't have a you know, ton of history in the you know, municipality or city of Houston on that lower level. But I mean, I know on a statewide scale, that type of licensing and permitting and regulation takes years. Nobody would ever try to say, Hey, you know, let's get this started. I, you know, I can get you this, you know, did he give you a timeline did, or was it just going to be an indefinite keep paying, keep filling up that retainer? There wasn't a timeline on it, you know, and, and a lot of this conversation wasn't had between, uh, None of the conversations between me and this individual. I was just talking to Daniel. Daniel, uh, one of my business partners, was the only one that had these meetings, and then he would report back to our group. So, you know, in the beginning, you think, okay, you know, you want this to be true. You want them to, you know, recognize what you're doing. Uh, And if there is a permitting process, you want to be at the front of the line. Certainly. But then after you start digesting what's being said, you start thinking about it logically, you think, you know, this just doesn't seem right. And that's when we stepped away. Yeah, it starts looking like smoke and mirrors after a while. And, then, and like I said, we, we had no idea where this individual went. But then, you know, we find out when we're sitting there with the Prime guys that uh, he evidently went straight over to Prime and, and tried to work the same scam and successfully did. 
So you can imagine the surprise to Prime when uh, when the raids happened because they thought they were they had a permit in process. So, so were, were those the only, as far as you know, were y'all the only two clubs that were approached Prime and Post Oak? As far as I know, yes. Okay, okay, and 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 it's your understanding um, that Prime did pay him some amount of money. So, I mean, in their mind, like they've they've got some type of process, not not that they're quote unquote protected, but that there's a process ongoing that's going to allow them to essentially, you know, um, be permitted. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the assumption they were under that they had paid all this money and they they had paid the the big money. I, I've heard the news report that it was to the tune of five hundred thousand dollars. But they had paid wow. this money to get the job done, and then find out that it was all just a scam from the beginning. Well, well, if 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 these raids originated from that, like like, like why did the did, I mean? I guess the thought would be that this guy at some point had them was involved in steering the DA's office towards y'all and raiding y'all. I mean, I mean, I guess that's, is that the assumption that he had something to do with this? I, I think the person who was selling us on the idea, or the person who sold prime on the idea had a friend or a contact inside the DA's office. And I, I don't think this person was a DA. I think they were actually hired by the DA, but this person had the, the pull to cause uh, raids to happen, apparently. I mean, that's this is an assumption, uh, no fact, but that the raids did happen when Prime stopped paying, and uh, and that's what everybody's uh, thinking what happened right now. Okay, okay, so Prime stopped. Like, there was a point in time when Prime said, okay, we're not giving you any more money. So he was going back and asking for more money, and they said, because I'm like, if they paid him all that money, why did he raid them? So you're saying he kind of cut, they turned the faucet off, they cut him off. Correct. That sound, it sounds like Prime, you know, started to see the smoke and mirrors. It just took him a little longer than it, it took Bill to see the, you know, see through the BS, if you yeah. will. Well, uh, you know, it was reported again, I think, by uh, Dolcefino that uh, they were told, you know, hey, keep your mouth shut, just you know, keep doing what you're doing, and nothing bad will happen. And when you're applying for a permit, I, I doubt the health department or the fire department's ever going to say, Hey, just keep your mouth shut and, and just keep doing what you're doing or something bad will happen. So that's when they realized that, you know, something's not right here. And then before they could say anything, you know, action was taken by the, uh, the bad people and may first happen. It's a shakedown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is extortion, right? I mean, they're, they're essentially, um, extorting money from from or attempting to extort money from both clubs and and maybe did some from Prime and I mean essentially said hey you 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 pay or else and then they carried through with it and that's what it sounds that's like that's exactly what it is I mean the extortion fraud and that's exactly what it is so when they seize bank accounts what do they do now is that do they do they owe that money back do they keep that money how does that, how does that work now, from what i'm told because of the the charges being dropped everything's going to be returned so the, the equipment the computers all all of that you know any chips or whatever was taken everything just gets yeah, returned yeah everything gets returned hopefully not damaged unfortunately you know? you, you, it's not that i mean a business getting all their stuff back doesn't make a business whole the damage that has been done the the loss of revenue the loss of business the 200 plus jobs all gone. It's it's not something that you can just you know snap your fingers and it's all back together. Um, you know, I, I I hear Prime may or may not be reopening. I hear Post Oak may or may not be reopening. I mean, there's there's a lot of damage that's been done, and just giving the stuff back uh, doesn't make it right. 
no, you've essentially lost your customer base. You know, they're all they're all playing somewhere else right now. Correct, man. But you got one heck of a story to tell. I think you owe them. That's a pretty good one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my goodness. I mean, they, they drug you through the mud. I mean, all of y'all. I mean, from being all over the news, you know, mug shots. I mean, that's that's just unbelievable. Um, so, so what what happens? I mean, to the does, does any is there any repercussion to to these guys to the DA's office to like like how does I don't understand how something like that can happen. Um, without there being some type of consequence, I mean, I mean, do, do we have? Do you have any idea like what what the next steps are there? I mean, I know there's some involvement with the FBI now. I mean, they're, you know, are are they? I mean, because the news makes it sound like the FBI is still investigating y'all, and I don't know if that's necessarily 100 percent true, or, or if we even know. But I would think they're certainly probably going to look into this DA situation. Is that is that correct, or do we even know? Well, th- that's the reason why the FBI has been brought in is to look at everything, and I, and I think they're going to take a very close look at Prime, Post Oak, and the DA's office. And based on what I know, I believe that they're going to end up taking an even closer look at the DA's office and, and some you know characters that are working there. And uh, I think that's where that investigation is going to go. As far as, you know, Post Oak and Prime, again, neither club did anything wrong. Um, and I just expect them to, you know, continue to let us go our merry way as of now. Yeah. It seems like just such a shame. Like we talked about it last week. If they would have just had communications with you guys, I mean, look at this mess. What a shit show this has turned out to be that could have potentially all been handled with a few emails and a phone call, maybe an hour long meeting. Like, let's get you in there. Like, why don't they invite you and, and Dean and all the owners, like invite you into the DA's office herself and, and let's get to the bottom of it. Instead of going through this, you know, as Joel Trefino commented, he called it a dog and pony show. Yeah. Like this just seems like what a mess, what a disaster. Well, that's really the only thing that makes sense is it was a dog dog and pony show. It was political theater designed to make a couple of people at the DA's office and uh, one top cop look like they're tough on crime. But uh, I don't really think they knew what they were getting themselves into. I don't think they fully understood what was going on in the poker world. All they heard was, ooh, poker, bad. Let's let's go after them. Uh, and I think... Well, and I think the, the other thing is like, like, they're probably not like, think of how many police officers are in Houston and how many DAs are in, in Houston or in Harris County. I mean, yeah, they're, they're probably coming out giving the sound bites thinking we busted these guys. Like they may, I mean, they may have actually thought there was organized crime and money laundering going because there's no question that these guys that were extorting money probably turned them that direction, but they probably convinced them, oh, these guys are doing X and Y and Z. So they're kind of following that lead uh, and, and just kind of giving the sound bites. Oh man, we're tough on crime. We're, we're stopping these, 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 these criminal masterminds, so to speak. And so, it, it just you're right it's political theater but but it's it's just unbelievable that 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 they could be so far off the mark yeah well i hope they are tough on crime because apparently there was a crime being committed within the da's office and i hope they get very tough on it <laughs> <laughs> yes well we will see uh well good so, so so what else what else do we want to discuss as far as that goes i mean any questions that you have sam i mean i, I i'm curious to know kind of what where y'all are at today like like, like what's going on i, mean, I know that um you know you kind of stepped away from from the social card clubs for a while. Obviously, you've been helping promote uh, the Texas Card House, which we appreciate a lot. But so, where are you at today? Like, like, what's going on today? Kind of give us a little bit of what you're looking to do. Well, you know, I'm I'm really focused on trying to to take this case all the way to the end. Even though the charges have been dropped, there's still uh, some housekeeping that needs to be done. 
Um, there's some wrongs that need to be righted from, you know, on our end of the, on our end of the spectrum. So we're looking, you know, at our options and there's, there's no option that's not on the table when it comes to that. Um, I'm really excited to be working with the social card clubs of Texas, uh, because I think that's really the front runner on how we can bring positive change and go about this the right way to get this whole industry, you know, once and for all out of the gray and into the light. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of where my focus is right now. I think I get asked that a lot uh, on the social card clubs of Texas or Scott, as we've been calling it. A lot of people wanted to know Scott's involvement in all of these actions. I mean, it, was it a coincidence that House Bill 2669, State Rep. Kean got heard in the licensing committee and then the very next day, everything, you know, hit the shit hit the fan in Houston? And I think it was just a coincidence, but I mean, a lot of people ask me, is Scott the reason why these charges got dropped? What did Scott have to do with any of that? And, you know, I think we'll tease to the next episode maybe of just who and what Scott is and as an association and what we do. But, but yeah, I mean, social card clubs of Texas is absolutely on board with what Bill said. I mean, we're trying to get regulation across the board, not just Harris County, not just Travis County in Austin, but statewide regulation. So Ryan, as, as I know, you're the president of the Social Card Clubs of Texas. What's been going on behind the scenes there with, the, with that group? Yeah, and that's, that's, there's a lot of things that have been going on recently. I mean, we just got done with the executive session, and I think we'll, we probably will set aside an episode to talk about Scott. Um, Scott's just the acronym for Social Card Clubs of Texas uh, in more detail. But, but the, the cliff notes of this were, you know, our attorneys and lobbyists, once these raids happen, I mean, their attention turned 100% towards um, these events. And, and I think that given what the fallout of this, you know, given the fact that the charges have been dropped, you know, our direction is going to go, it, it may change a little bit. I think we're looking at how we can prepare for the next legislative session. We're looking at what we can do to work with DAs um, in the state of Texas over the next two years before the next session to see like, Hey, can we get everyone on the same page? Where we agree that, Hey, if the model is done in the right way, it is legal. So there's not this ambiguity because I've sat down across from multiple DAs, four or five of them, in large cities and small cities. And everyone that I've gotten to sit down and talk to, um, for the most part, have a very open mind. And they understand what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, they don't come slinging mud at us. And they don't start saying this is illegal. I mean, they, they, they're very thoughtful about it. Now, they can't give us their opinion on it. But I think that what we found is in most of those areas where clubs have opened, they've been okay and they've been able to operate as long as they're doing it by the book and they're not cutting corners. The other thing is they can't be doing, you know, you don't, don't actually commit crimes while you're, well, some people think you're committing a crime, right? So, you know, no drugs, no prostitution, no, no, make sure you're paying your taxes, all those simple things that you just think should be a matter of course. I mean, a lot of clubs, you know, don't do that. And so reaching out to clubs, making sure that they're helping the social card club brand and not hurting it, you know, helping the industry uh, because a lot of the problems that we're having are just by this industry shooting itself in the foot. You know, a lot of clubs operating in ways they shouldn't be. And to be honest, I mean, people, I mean, a lot of times the way they operate benefits the players and the players love it. So they go and support those clubs and in the end, in the long term, it actually hurts the industry. And so we're just trying to get the word out there um, and, and really focus on um, doing what it takes to bring poker to Texas, not for the next six months, not for the next year, but forever. Uh, and, and, and the way we do that is just, through lobbyists, through attorneys, and through the clubs themselves. 
Uh, and I'll say that, you know, anyone that wants to support the calls, you know, come out and play in the social car clubs of Texas tournaments. We do them once a quarter. Um, those proceeds go straight to our lobbyists and attorneys. Uh, a lot of time and resources are spent, you know, working for you, working for the players. Uh, and I know, you know, everyone's skeptical about, you know, fundraisers, nonprofits in the poker industry. Like, what are they actually doing with it? Well, we're pretty transparent. You know, we want to you know, we want to make sure that the investment that these club owners are making into these into the state that it's actually going to be there for the long term, and that people have a safe place to play. And so, uh, if anyone has questions about Scott, you know, they're, they they're, they can definitely reach out to me. Um, you know, you can you can uh, reach out to me at uh, Texas Cardhouse uh, Ryan at TexasCardhouse.com. Email me and be happy to uh, discuss that a little further. What do you guys think about? Now the charges have been dropped in Houston and the stage has kind of been set at the statewide level. I mean, yes, it, that's just Harris County and just, just the city of Houston that was affected. But I mean, everybody across the state knows what Houston's doing. Houston's you know, the biggest city. You know, Harris County has 6 million people in it. So, I mean, it's, it is well known and has a widespread effect. Do you think that now that these are dropped, that, more clubs will try to open across the state using this as like, we don't have precedence. We don't have that golden ticket that we can walk into a DA's office or any city and open up our doors and say, here's why we can do this. Do you think now that people will try to use this, do you think maybe, maybe the clubs in Dallas that got closed or Collin County, do you think they try to reopen or give it another go based on Harris County having such a problem with you know, trying to stop it and then realizing you know this shit show makes them kind of look like, Maybe nobody, you know, maybe, maybe poker is here to stay. And so I, I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts? I, I think at this stage, um, it, it's, it's, it's on a county by county basis. Like I doubt that what happened in Houston is going to create a change in Collin County or, or, or Dallas County. I mean, I think, I think that the DAs there have formed their opinions. They've looked at it and they, they've, they've kind of given their thoughts. Same thing in San Antonio or Bear County, uh, you know, Travis County and Austin, you know, Harris County. I just, I think that for, for the DAs that have done their research, I think I think they 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 believe what they believe, and I don't know that what happened in Houston is going to really sway it that much, to be honest. That that's just my take. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know what you know. I don't think the other counties are going to change uh, their stance. What will happen probably in Harris County, though, is you'll probably see an influx of clubs, and then by you know natural business selection, the the, the best clubs with the best features advantage benefits to the players will will thrive and those that come in trying to be bad actors will 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 shut down um i do expect to see that over the next six months see i I just yeah i guess i agree with that i didn't know if there if there was a da that was sitting on the fence that you know this would be enough to push them over maybe maybe this this being dropped is you know something that we can market or, or use in the future but you know i i think it's it is what it is. It's a good step and, and certainly great for you, Bill. Um, congratulations. I don't know if we've said it yet, but you know, that's, that's great. I think we can all get back to work doing what we're doing and, and having, having that be poker in Texas. It's funny story. Uh, last week when I, the, the first inkling that I knew that, that I'd heard the charges were dropped, somebody had sent me actually a Facebook message and they said, all your charges were dropped. And I thought they just forgot to put the question mark on there. So I was thinking, uh, no, they haven't been dropped. And he messaged back, yes, they have. And uh, five seconds after that, my lawyer sent me a text message saying the same thing, that the charges have been dropped and we'll explain more when I get back into town. Who did you call first? Uh, who did I call first? I think I called my mom first. Yeah. Yeah, I called my mom first. 
but uh, I'm sitting there. Uh, I was sitting by the pool with the golden nugget and, uh, and I, the waitress had just brought me my beer. So I was just like, I could not be more happier than I am. Right now. <laughs> Perfect timing. Vegas with my friend and hear this news. Uh, we, we did celebrate that night in a big way. No, that's great. That's great. Well, I'm glad that, I mean, hope, I'm, I'm glad that you're able to put this chapter behind you. Um, I mean, I know it's not completely over, but, but at least a lot of the, the risk of what could have happened, I think is, is starting to wind down a little bit at least. And so uh, congratulations on that. And, and very happy to have you back involved in the poker community. Uh, not that you went away, but uh, you know, obviously you're able to step up and continue to do the, do your thing in Houston. I think uh, I'm very excited to see, you know, what comes next. And I think everyone else is as well. Yeah, me too. I mean, the future is bright for poker in the state of Texas. There's no doubt about that. Cool. Well, with that, I think we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, just a reminder to everyone, uh, you know, if you want to hear our podcast or subscribe to the podcast, go to uh, the texascardhouse.com, click on the podcast link. You can also download the Yak app. That's Y-A-K-K and subscribe to From the Felt. Uh, and don't forget uh, Chris Moneymaker uh, in Houston on August 6th, 7th, and 8th and in Austin on September 12th, 13th, and 14th. We also have Greg Raymer coming in for the Scott Tournament on the 28th and 29th of September and Brad Owen and Andrew Neamey in Houston on October 2nd and 3rd. Uh, so really excited about those guys. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening and hope you have a good evening.